Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much, man. It's uh, just trying to plan all my summer vacations and trying to get my life together so that I can actually enjoy my vacations. Still, well, t- still trying to unpack. Fun in that? You're still trying to unpack. <laughs> Did you find your passport? Yes. Yep. Good. Yep. Good. I have the passport. Did you find your old shaver yet? Or have you just was, given up on that? So Siobhan bought me a razor because we couldn't find it. And then I was complaining about it again. I was like, well, I can't believe where are those razors? Oh, I found those a couple weeks ago. I was like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Way to go, weenie. Yeah. Uh, joining us this week, all the way from Wisconsin, John Van Veriger. How you doing, John? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Not too shabs. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a while since our foreign correspondent has been online with us. Thanks yeah. for joining us, John. It's it's been a while. It has been. Mm-hmm. I heard he's been out west uh, herding cats. Herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to get a hold of them nowadays. <laughs> it's a rough job, but somebody has to do it, man. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. How are yeah. things down that way, John? Things are fine. Things are fine. Excellent. Your weather's warming up nicely, is it? Oh, it's it's warmed up. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, we got uh, that heat wave coming through right now. So uh, I had to go out and mow today, which, as you know, is one of my favorite activities. You do a couple and, times uh, a week? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> Just like your neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> Neighbors, plural. Uh, <laughs> no, I was get out and just getting ready to go, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll get out. It's, it was kind of hazy, cloudy morning, and I'll, I'll do this before it gets real warm, and Right as I was pouring gasoline into the mower, the sun came out, and I was like, yeah, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that's uh, just uh, dealing with the heat here. That's about it, man. Well, there's a couple of things you need to know about John when he mows. (laughs) One, he (laughs) tracks his progress by GPS. Yes. And two, (laughs) he wears a Speedo and nothing but. <laughs> but no, no, pun intended. No, no. no, that's not safe. I wear appropriate footwear. He wears appropriate footwear, and that is it. Work boots that's and right. a speedo, speedo and timberlines, yeah. baby. And and uh, you know, and the the day in which we're recording this is actual nude hiking day. So my neighbors <laughs> got the show today. When's oh, new gardening day? Got the show. New gardening day was in May, wasn't it? You would know these things, wouldn't you, John? I don't know about that one. I don't garden. <laughs> I don't garden. <laughs> <laughs> your can your uh neighbor see you when you're mowing the lawn? Oh. Oh yes. Well see, yeah. there's just more of a reason to <laughs> go dressed inappropriately. <laughs> just tell them, listen, every time you mow your lawn, I'm mowing mine twice. <laughs> yeah. What you see Nude. is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Skin color and thong. <laughs> I may not like the guy, but I'm not going to do that to him. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll, you'll meet his wife. <laughs> you also have other visitors in your oh yes in your yard. Yeah, we've got a, another uh, another doe dropped a fawn out back, and uh, so we've been watching that the last couple of days here. And tiny, tiny one, uh, you know, wobbly legs and all. So that's kind of fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. And you're you're not that rural. You're uh, sort of edge of town, aren't you? 
Yeah, we're on the south end of town, and uh, but there is kind of a green way to get, you know, out and out into fields, and oh, okay. there's a there's a good chunk of woods just like maybe, you know, half a block north of us. So they they make a circuit behind our house to that woods and then out of town. So um, yeah, so we get to get to see a lot of a lot of deer and or uh, lawn rats as my friend Steve calls them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know I mean I've I've been in this area all my life, right? Even when I lived down in Illinois, we'd come up to this area. And uh, I, I just never get tired of it. You know, it's, it's just fun to see him and watch him. Well, it's pretty cool to have a baby Bambi on your lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, I uh, saw it um, two nights ago, I guess, when I was letting the dog out. And it uh, it spooked the little one and, and uh, it ran across the yard. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was neat. And so now it's been hanging out here uh, the last couple of days. So Cool. Yeah. yeah. John's New Wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> Let's seize your lawn as a safe spot or your yard as a safe spot. So that's good. Yeah, we got that. You know that uh, I had that English privet hedge, which I, uh, you know, was about a, a meter high, and it's it's now actually oh, it's it's close to fifteen, sixteen feet high. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so they they like the privacy uh, that affords as much as I do. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Right <laughs> on. Awesome. And yeah. nothing new with you, just. You haven't kind of well. You were on your motorcycle trip, but that yeah, was, I was back. We were talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I got a new toy. Ah, uh, yes. I, I saw got the my pictures. new smoker. Yeah, man, that thing's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted one for a couple of years now, and I just keep talking myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know what? Just do it. So we did. Oh man, I'm going to gain <laughs> 900 pounds <laughs> because you start with just one little thing to give it a whirl. Yeah. And then you realize how easy it is mm-hmm. and the things you can do with it. And then you go down that rabbit hole of what recipes are on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And next thing you know, you've got a whole meal planned and every part of that meal is cooked on the smoker. Huh. <laughs> Vegetables, sal- uh, uh, smoked potato salad, um, mm. and then the prime rib and all that sort of stuff. Next thing you know, you got this massive meal going. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is so good. Why didn't we buy one of these years ago? <laughs> so that's my new toy now, and yeah, it's yeah, it's good. <laughs> next year you'll be joining rib competitions. Oh, next year, it's, it's <laughs> still summer now. Plenty of time to get started. You practice. You got to get your own special sauce and all that ketchup. stuff. Ketchup, ketchup, <laughs> ketchup, chili sauce. And What's Cheerios? your secret? My secret is ketchup. Ketchup and crushed <laughs> cornflakes. <laughs> well, you know you. I'd like to say you inspired me, but um, when REI had the big uh, Memorial Day uh, sale down here, yeah, I found out that they had the uh, those uni. I think it's uni pizza ovens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I may have bought one of those. Oh, okay. You may have. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, you're okay, not I did. Sure yet? <laughs> I did, um, and hoping to get down to Madison. I have to go down to pick up some eyeglasses, so I'm going to stop by and pick it up from REI. So I should be trying that out while you're out making a nice brisket. I'll be making some wood-fired pizza here. That's awesome. So you bought it. Mm-hmm. You didn't have it delivered? Uh, it's a large item, and it was expensive to ship to the house or free to ship to REI store. 
And uh, being that I'm, I know I had to go down to get my glasses, um, yeah, I'm going to pick that up at the same time. There you go. All right. See, when you live, you live out in the sticks like this, you plan these, you know, so um, we're also going to Trader Joe's to pick up some things, and, you know, it, it becomes a, a big loop, shopping loop to it, get home. It's the big week into town. <laughs> that's, that's right. Hitch up the horses, we're going into town. Put on your good clothes, we're going Whoa. to town. Put on my fancy overalls and get into town. The one with two pockets on the front. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Yay! I... Uh, I'll be doing that, and and uh, I'll I'll send you pictures of the uh, of, of how it comes out. Hopefully, it comes out well. Yeah. Cool. There's there's some actually there's some there's a learning curve with these apparently from what I was reading online. So, but you get to eat the mistakes. Well, see, that's not a bad. Thing. <laughs> I saw some that's videos a... online of that cooker or that pizza maker, and it's like it looks pretty cool. It's yeah. a, it's a pretty neat rig. It's it, it just struck me as really funny that it was at REI though you know yeah I know saying, strange, well, eh? you, it's portable you can take it to the campsite and it's like huh I'm not <laughs> taking that <laughs> yeah but, my uh, smoker's portable I'm not taking it yeah yeah <laughs> mine too is yeah. like two hundred pounds or something <laughs> like that <laughs> I'm gonna ask somebody else to go with me on my next trip to carry the you know the pizza maker yeah <laughs> bring an extra guy to port I need a porter yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> This is Sherpa then, Bob. He'll be in charge of the pizza. <laughs> then somebody else to carry all the, you know, because you have to have the dough ball crusts and stuff, and they have to be at the right temperature. So, you know, somebody to keep that cool and everything. So they're going to have to have basically carry a cooler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Six canoes <laughs> just to make one pizza <laughs> yeah. for John. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. pretty neat, though. It's uh, uh, just seeing when I did watch the videos, it was like, oh, that cooks up really nice. So it's pretty yeah, I'm, cool. I'm excited to try it. It should mm-hmm. be interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't appear to be able to go paddling this summer. So, you know, why not eat 1,500 pounds of food? And <laughs> What about this fall? <laughs> this fall? Yeah. Paddling this fall. Go paddling. You can go paddling in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> That's a goal. See? My goal is to go paddling in September. There you go. Mm. Or October. <laughs> it's anyway. Okay. So uh, speaking of outdoor retailers, uh, they had the, well, we were REI. He's an outdoor retailer. I know. Retailer. I was going to yeah. say, that was a smooth transition. I yeah. was about to compliment you on it. You got to like that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah, segues. It's like it's got <laughs> wheels on it. So the outdoor retailer show is uh, the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Um, there was a couple things there. Coco Pelli, they have the pack rafts, right? Well, now they've got a stand-up paddleboard. It's apparently the world's lightest and most packable stand-up paddleboard, weighing under 13 pounds, packing down to the size of a sleeping bag. It's the Chasm... UL, which I presume stands for ultralight, uh, sets a new standard for inflatable stand-up paddle boards. For context, most inflatable paddle boards run anywhere from seventeen to twenty-six pounds. So it's a, it's not a, it's not like there's a big difference. But five pounds when you when you're talking to grand schemes, yeah. it's when it's where that weight's going to matter is when you're packed up and dragging it somewhere, right? Yeah, right. Yep. Ten yeah, foot, ten foot board. 
will hold up to 250 pounds. And with all the bells and whistles packed, tracking, fin, pump, repair kit, paddle, and leash, it still weighs under 18 pounds. But then you add a 250-pound human to it. Well, 270 pounds. Uh, they offer a lifetime warranty. Price and it's pricing it at nine hundred and ninety nine dollars US. Wow, it's almost a thousand bucks. Define lifetime warranty. It's like when it breaks. Oh, that's the lifetime. Yeah, if it breaks in <laughs> your lifetime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do they say that? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty they, cool that that uh, it includes everything in that eighteen pounds, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, as opposed to like my stand up paddleboard, I think is. 23 24 pounds but that's without anything else mm-hmm. so the fact that this has all of that has your kit uh at 18 pounds that's pretty that's awesome pretty good yeah um yeah. they're calling it uh, far and above the best value for lightweight inflatable stand-up paddle boards well at you you expect an ultralight you know anything ultralight is like oh this is super light you know, you're going to really enjoy yada 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 we're going to charge you a premium yeah but they're not charging a premium like it's still only a thousand bucks yeah well, U S so mm-hmm. that's, so that's, fifty thousand dollars Canadian yeah fifty grand Canadian yeah. <laughs> uh, plus all the gas to get there and get it <laughs> yeah um, yeah a thousand bucks U S that's not bad at all mm-hmm. for something like that yeah. I'm just waiting for the day here when they you know like because that news really says you know it prices it nine hundred ninety nine U S where it just starts doing it in, in gallons of gas yeah. and priced at 20 gallons of gas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they say to look for it uh, from Cocopelli to launch spring 2023. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, yeah, this was one of the best of at the outdoor retailer show. Yeah. yeah there was a few best ofs. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones, which really, well, depends how much, uh, Barbecue and smoke and I do. I might need this next one soon. <laughs> Loom six. I presume I haven't. I actually haven't been able to find anybody that's actually. Is it Loom or Lume? I gotta say it's Loom six. L U M E S I X. Loom six company founder and lead designer Margot Elliott has over a decade of experience developing technical and performance apparel for cycling and snow brands and is an accomplished cyclist who in 2020 became the first woman to climb a million feet on a mountain bike in a year. That's a lot of pedaling. That's a lot of work. Right? That's a mm. lot of work. I'm I'm just losing weight thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout her personal experience and work with other brands, she quickly realized that something was missing from sports bra offerings on the market. Which, like I say, if I keep eating (laughs) all this stuff, I might need one of those. (laughs) She created her own line to redefine women's experiences back in 2021. She introduced, uh, we were introduced to Elliot and her brand, and now her sports bras have come to market. One of the first things she said was her goal was to offer support and durability. Like I I listened to my wife talking about her bras that she gets for working Mm -hmm. at the gym and stuff like that. And this doesn't fit right. And that doesn't fit right. Yeah. And this slides. I guess they have uh, liners that slide Mm -hmm. in and stuff like that. And they fall out. My wife comes constantly complains too. 
It's hard to well, find she something right. She complains about you, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, without, without thick, bulky materials, removable pads, tough seams, and standard bra sizing, which is everything I've heard complaints about. She set out to solve the sports bra conundrum for women who want to run, hike, mountain bike, horseback ride, and anything else without feeling uncomfortable and annoyed by their bras. The Loom 6 bras are super lightweight. They come in unlined and lightly lined versions, medium and high impact styles. They are soft, made with Italian fabric, and the brand's own single layer feather air fabric at the back for breathability. They have lay-flat straps, a lay-flat band, and a design that lets the bra dry uh, quickly become one of the fastest quick-drying bras on the market. Best part is the extended sizing to accommodate all body types. The sizing isn't just small, medium, large. You can get a small band with a large chest size or vice versa. Uh, They are size-inclusive and should have sizes extra small to 3XL within its first year on the market. So there. Uh, if you want to find <laughs> out more, you can go to loom6.com. L-U-M-E-S-I-X dot com. I mean, this is something, like I say, I, I my wife going to the gym all yep. the time, you, you, she complains about the ones that you can get now. Um, and that's one of the things they do say is not everybody, just because you're a big woman doesn't mean all big women are made the same. If you're smaller, not all small women are made the same. So this gets sounds like this gets uh, gets all the sizing, all the sizing, and and yeah. your body type, not just yeah, not cookie cutter. So, so it's it's been it's been touted, it's been seen on outside gear junkie villains, yeah. backpacker climbing. So it's uh, it's it's was twenty twenty two editor's choice on Outside Magazine. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's very new on the market, and it's very uh, it's winning some awards. Catching some eyes. So check it out, loom6.com for more information. Right. And, um, and do stop at the bank, though, before you go look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's with a lot of things now. Well, that's true. I mean, but it's, you know, it is one-tenth minimum, the purchase price of that uh, stand-up paddleboard we just talked about. Yeah. Mm. So. But you know um, what, though? Like, they, my wife pays... Pretty penny for stuff that's comfortable for her workouts. Oh, yeah. Correct. So, yep. this, so this here, these prices are not uh, abnormally high than what you would spend on a, or that my wife would spend on a typical sports bra or something. So, it's like this here is listed at one twenty US, but that's not uh, that's not out of this world for a good. Well, if it's going to last, it's going to be yeah. comfortable. Yeah, and so this this is something that my wife would be very much interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, if she buys one, tell her to buy two and let Tracy try one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing is, I think it's pretty cool. The next uh, thing that came out of the um, the uh, outdoor retailer show, Wool Aid. Each year, millions of Band-Aids find their way into landfills, sidewalks, rivers, and the ocean. And the vast majority of those are made of plastic. Wool Aid offers biodegradable, planet-friendly alternative. They make bandages with hyperfine merino wool, which is both sustainable and biodegradable. It adds medical-grade adhesive for a tough yet soft and comfortable bandage. 
As an added benefit, merino wool is both breathable and naturally antimicrobial. As wool aid also contains no latex, this is an option for folks with latex allergies or certain skin sensitivities. Uh, they offer a 15-piece multi-pack for outdoor use and another pack for emergency use that you can stash in your glove box or your first aid kit, that sort of thing. There's also variety in sizes and shapes for all your wound needs. <laughs> the global market for bandages and medical tapes at $9.5 billion annually. That's a staggering number. Isn't it? Hmm. And I bet you... John accounts for a big chunk of that. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Eric's not far behind. No, exactly. Uh, I just let my stab in Bernie's uh, go uncovered. Uh, it's nice to see a sustainability-minded brand taking a turn in an industry dominated by large corporations. So, yeah, these look like um, wool, just little wool a patches. Little wool patches, yeah. That, yeah. They're a band-aid. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. is. It's a it's a really good idea, and and uh, you know anybody with latex allergies, this is like a godsend, right? So mm-hmm. It's uh, to be able to find a uh, a decent bandage that'll stick and uh, and is ain't going to cause uh, ain't ain't it will ain't. not cause latex issues for people who have latex I- allergies, and it ain't going to cause them either. <laughs> uh, if you want more info, you can go to woolaid w o o l a i d dot com and check them out. So yeah, those yeah. are three pretty cool uh, things that came out of mm-hmm. the outdoor retailer show down in uh, Denver. Um, and uh, and they're uh, <coughs> moving back to Utah, I believe. Are they? That's what that the talk I, I was. It was the it. last one in Colorado. Because it, uh, it had moved to Colorado a few years ago, and now it's moving back mm-hmm. to Utah. Yeah. Um, people weren't too happy with Utah. What was going on in Utah? Oh, no, no. What was going on in Utah at oh, the time? Can't, yeah. Something about the outdoor industry, and it, they were almost being pushed out of the state. Yeah, let's... Uh, we'll have to do, well, some, have to do some Googling on that. Uh, we talked about Cyril Deramo doing the kayak trip, solo kayak trip to Hawaii. Uh, Tuesday morning this week, uh, he paddled away from uh, Monterey on his jer- solo journey to Hawaii. And you said you watched it live, didn't you? I sat there. Yeah, he did the live thing and he uh, paddled away out of the marina. A um, couple of other kayakers were with him and uh, off he went. Hoping he was waiting for a really good stretch of good weather, and apparently that is upon him. So that thing's big too. Yes, it's a was yeah. it twenty three? It's pretty big. It's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty <laughs> uh, <laughs> big. <laughs> <laughs> it's a large one. It's a large kayak. <laughs> How yeah. big's your house? That's well, about that big. Uh, he'd been waiting for, uh, like I say, a, a good window for uh, good weather and to make a start, and he has it now. He needs, I think he said he needs at least three good days to make it far enough off shore to yeah. avoid being blown <clears throat> back <clears throat> to shore. Um, he spent the last year updating his, his craft, and now it's, he's about to put it to the test. If you go to solokayaktohawaii.com, he's got a live tracker there, and you can see exactly where he is at all times, which is pretty cool. I tested it out, uh, and yeah. He was no longer at shore. 
Um, here's this absolutely has nothing to do with paddling, but it's it's a good story. It's a feel good story. <laughs> The whiskey war between Canada and Denmark is over. (laughs) Canada and Denmark have reached an agreement to divide a tiny uninhabited island in the Arctic, ending a nearly 50-year-long international dispute between two friendly countries. (laughs) Like, this couldn't have been any friendlier, amicable, fun (laughs) war Ever. (laughs) Uh, Settlement shows the two countries agreed to split the 1.3 square kilometer rock almost down the middle. A border separating the countries will follow a rift in the island that stretches from north to south. We have new land and we have a new land and maritime border, officials said. We're ending the dispute that many called the Whiskey War. I think it was the friendliest of all wars. <laughs> it's a win for Canada. It's a win for Denmark and Greenland. And it's a win also for indigenous peoples. Because now they can move around without having yeah. to worry about yeah. anything, right? Uh, move comes as NATO allies have joined together in a united front against Russia, uh, the Russian invasion to the Ukraine, basically showing border disputes can be settled amicably. We don't need invasions. Martin Broom, a Copenhagen journalist and expert on the Arctic, said that while both governments will say it's a fabulous deal, it's taken a really long time to resolve a very, very small issue. I gotta think, because when we get into this and you find out what's been happening, yes, I gotta think it was sort of not um, resolved. So, because no. they were having fun with it, they were having fun with it, but it was actually a very serious, yeah. uh, very, very, a very serious dispute that was uh, sort of had a lot of undercurrents because it has to do with oil and gas and fisheries and mm-hmm. so on, right? So, it, what it does is it moves the international border one way or the other, and so this is the best outcome that could have possibly happened, right? The dispute over Hans Island dates back to 1973 when Canada and Denmark tried to establish a border. He says it's worthless. There's no minerals. There's no oil in the waters next to it. I don't know. Hans Island shoes up vertically 180 meters from the icy waters between Canada and Greenland. Both countries are exactly 18 kilometers away from the island. (laughs) Allowing them to claim the rock under international law. Okie dokie. Some international media outlets have nicknamed the dispute the Whiskey War or the most polite of all territorial conflicts. In 19, and this is the part where it all starts here. In 1984, Denmark's Minister of Greenland Affairs raised a Danish flag on the island, buried a bottle of Danish schnapps at the base of the flagpole, and left a note saying, Welcome to the Danish island. <laughs> Canadians then planted their own flag and left a bottle of Canadian brandy. Since then, the countries have, in turns, hoisted their flags and left bottles of various spirits. So it's basically, oh, this is ours. And, yeah. No, this is ours. And this, Every opportunity, th- they go and visit the island. Yeah. 
In 2002, Nana Flensburg was part of a Danish military crew that stood on the cliff to perform a flag-raising ceremony. She is quoted as saying in her diary that among the stones in the cairns were lots of bottles, glasses, etc., with documents that informed about previous visits to the island. <laughs> so you got to think now, any of the military people or anybody going there from either of those countries, yeah. if this isn't continued... Yeah, it's, it's going like, to be a disappointment. Hey, there's no bottle. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, John, if you were to go there mm-hmm. and there was no bottle and no flag to raise. You'd expect a small glass of schnapps on, the, or, on your arrival. Right? <laughs> or a glass of whiskey or... <laughs> yeah. Disappointing. I know. At the signing yeah. ceremony, the parties exchanged alcoholic beverages as a reference to the tradition. There's no significance of the border except the signal it sends to the world that we can resolve our disputes in a friendly way. The two countries decided to draw a line along a geological feature that can be seen on satellite images. Border guards (laughs) will not be present because it's the symbolism that matters to the two nations. There's no checkpoint? (laughs) Checkpoint Charlie, baby. (laughs) The dispute between Canada and Denmark over Tartupalak or Hans Island has never caused issue for Inuit regardless. It's the it is great to see Canada and Denmark trading uh, taking measures to resolve this boundary dispute. The bottle of Danish snaps schnapps that was given to Canada will go right into the Museum of History. Oh, really? In on. Canada. Yep, it's going No, he's drinking it. It's going straight to the museum. Well, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Something like that. So now there's a new question for uh, Trivial Pursuit uh, people. How many <laughs> shared international land borders does Canada have? Ooh. Right? Yeah. Because that's, that's that's how I introduce you one, to this two, topic. Three. We have three now. It's not three. I mean, it's not three. You don't count the Alaska one. It's a, it's a U.S. border. Both of them are U.S. borders. U.S. and Alaska is both U.S. borders. Inter- it was. It, it's just the single international border. Now we have two international borders. See, you don't count Alaska as a second border because of no, all it's, the... No, it's still the U.S. No, it's a different U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Derek. <laughs> There's two U.S. borders. There's a North U.S. border and a South U.S. border. Well, in With that, Canada in okay, the middle like a so, juicy Oreo cookie. <laughs> <laughs> then there's... And if you want to do it that way, there's a couple uh, points of land on Canada that the tip of the land, it belongs to the U.S. There's one in off of uh, Vancouver, and there's one uh, on Do we not have another one? Woods. Isn't there an, uh, a French island off of... So that's, there's no internet, there's no land border. Is that a maritime border? It's a maritime border. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Saint-Pierre-de-Miquelon. Ah, those guys. Yeah, so that has that's just a <laughs> that's a naval border, a maritime border. Not that's a, a maritime land, border. Okay, not a land border. Okay, so just the two U.S. borders. So if we're going to count Alaska one. as a separate border, then we have to count. Point so we Ro- have seven borders: Point Roberts in British Columbia, and so it was shared shared border with uh, Washington State. And then there's uh, Lake of the Woods, which is uh, Ontario and and Michigan. Yeah, I think so. So we got six borders, seven now, <laughs> with a potential 82 extras. Yes, yes. We're surrounded! <laughs> Country shears, John. <laughs> Talk to you next week. 
All hail King John. Well, <laughs> it's what's funny is coming up with these, some of these. This is just a little interesting aside. So Point Roberts out in British Columbia and uh, and Lake of the Woods. There, one of the some of the things that have come up is uh, so if you're say for example if you're ice fishing off a of point uh, Lake of the Woods, you have to be careful because you might accidentally. Ooh, that's the border there. Like you don't want to accidentally cross the border. But what there's been a lot of discussion with both these communities because. During COVID, they became severely isolated. Mm-hmm. They couldn't; people couldn't get into the U.S. And otherwise, like uh, Point Roberts, they'd have to charter a boat, high, very expensive. So, and then with the borders closed, they were like, uh, "How do we get food in our community?" Right. So there was these issues going on, and so there's been there's been talk and discussion about Canada taking over these two little communities, and a lot of people are interested, but then you, know, you still get the hardliners going, "No way, I'm American." You're not gonna, not gonna take my land. And what's funny is Point Roberts out in BC. It's uh, that border. Like you go ten feet one way, and it's like two, three, four million dollar homes. And then at Point Roberts, it's like you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar for a home. So if the border disappeared, that property would get very expensive or very, very cheap. quick. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trump, your house yeah. is now worth nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so they they uh, during COVID they had to boat in stuff into both communities because uh because the land border was closed during COVID. Yeah, I see that. Anyway. <sighs> so you know what this weekend is? <laughs> Jane's adopted. <laughs> You're going to say John? No, I was just going to say it's it's the whiskey war i just i remember sitting in um classes when i was uh back in grad school knee and talking about what's that knee high to a grasshopper back in my day <laughs> yeah but but greece and turkey almost went to war over basically two rocks oh mm-hmm. these really small islets in in the aegean sea and uh, I mean, they had the SEAL teams ready, and I mean, it was—it really was very close to war over these two rocks. I mean, there's, you know, no strategic importance, nothing to them, and they came very close to going to war. And yet, the whiskey war is, you know, it's just kind of a cool thing. It, it is a cool go? thing. It's a friendly thing. Yeah. 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 And then you, maybe you, we need to start a new one. <laughs> well, maybe we can take our pointers from China because in the South China Sea, China's been dredging the ocean and they are building an island that extends oh. their international maritime border. Yeah. Like it's a huge island that they built too. Wow. <laughs> They're building structures on it. <laughs> maybe we can start filling in like Lake Superior. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Do we have enough dirt to fill that in? Have you seen the Rocky Mountains? We can haul one of them babies across. <laughs> Plop it right down in the middle yeah. there. There's a tower over. We could look right. At, we could see Washington from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Climb up the mountain and just look over. We can see your Mexican wall from yeah. here. <laughs> just go up to Sleeping Giant and just get some bulldozers and start pushing out. There you go. Yeah. See? You know? <laughs> yeah. Isle Royal International Peace Park. That's right. <laughs> Bridge straight across. There you go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Who would who could possibly complain about that? Nobody. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nobody. <laughs> we'll just throw some whiskey at it. And there you go. Another whiskey yeah. war. <laughs> A yeah. new whiskey war. Yeah. Awesome. 
this weekend is in Canada and it's international the United and, States yeah and in the and US. everywhere beyond our 18 borders <laughs> <laughs> National Canoe Day Sunday June 26 mm-hmm. worldwide event yes yeah June 26 was coined National Canoe Day by the Canadian Canoe Museum following a CBC campaign that in 2007 declared the canoe one of the seven wonders of Canada. I can't remember what the other sixes are. <laughs> uh, ever, I think is the giant, the, the toonie or something, or the no. the big nickel, maybe one of them, and I don't know, the, the big <laughs> Winnie big, the Pooh. The big goose at Wawa. The big, big oh, yeah. goose in Wawa. Yeah. The Rocky Mountains. <laughs> All the pierogies in Manitoba. Uh, yeah, one of the seven wonders of Canada. Ever since, and in many ways, from proclamations to paddling parties, Canadians have connected and shared their affinity for the canoes. This will be the Canadian Canoe Museum's final National Canoe Day celebration at their current location before moving to their new location, which we talked about. Was that last week? We talked about that. Yes. Yep. Yep. This year, the Canadian Canoe Museum will be celebrating virtually and in person at the museum, so those that are near and far can participate. Now, portaging or uh, portaging, portaging, thank you, portaging, can thank be you. one of the most challenging parts of a canoe trip, especially when you're trying to pronounce it. <laughs> and we are about to embark on a long final portage. As we prepare to move more than 600 plus canoes and kayaks and even more small artifacts to our new museum. To help with this big lift, we invite you to join us on the portage virtually. Share a picture, new or old, of you portaging your canoe with the hashtag, hashtag portage pick on June 26th and tag the Canadian Canoe Museum on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, C C N D C N D N Canoe Museum. We want to hear your best and worst portaging stories. We'll be liking, commenting, and sharing on social media throughout the day, along with a few special guests. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to be good guests. Yeah. <laughs> on June 26th, admission to the Canadian Canoe Museum will be free for all visitors. That's awesome. Museum is open 10 till 4, so if you're in the Peterborough area yep. or want to head up to the Peterborough area, 10 till 4. Go check them out before they move. Before they move, yeah. yeah. Before and they move. Now that they're opening it after the windstorm and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, and what are we doing? John, what are you doing for uh, National Canoe Day? <laughs> he just found out about it. What? There is no. one? What? Yeah, <laughs> I'm mowing uh, the lawn in my Speedo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm just waiting to get healthy so I can paddle again. So uh, I will be, oh, I don't know. Probably seeing what you guys are up to is probably what I'll be doing. Well, guess what we're up to? What? Remodeling what? my bathroom. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We are doing a five Great Lakes trip. We're actually doing it on the Saturday, so the day before. Well, we're, but we're it's gonna, the whole yeah, yeah. We'll sort of we'll end it on Sunday. On the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are paddling in each of the five Great Lakes 
starting Saturday, early Saturday morning. Very early Saturday. Very morning. early Saturday morning. We will be doing Lake Ontario at Toronto Harbor. Then we will throw the canoe on the truck and drive to Lake Erie near Port Stanley. We're going to portage uh, to Lake Erie. We're going to portage to Lake Erie. <laughs> uh, then we will throw the truck, uh, the the canoe back on the truck, and and head to Lake Huron. Portage Lake Huron. We're going to go to Sarnia within view of the Blue Water Bridge and paddle there. Hopefully, they let us across the border. It shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> shouldn't be. It shouldn't. It's be getting a back is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> we are going to head up to Lake Michigan to Sleeping Bear Dunes and check out the dunes from the water side. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there, if there's a, we've checked out the dunes on YouTube, and there's a massive steep. The dunes are are, are huge, and it's like a two hour walk back up. Mm-hmm. But I found a spot down. Did you? That you can park and it's easy peasy to get down. Perfect. And then we can paddle up and through the around the dunes. Now I think you should get up on the dune and otter down in your canoe <laughs> to the lake. We yeah, want to do that with kayaks. It would just be you know what if it wasn't if if we had a rope at the top <laughs> to drag it back up again. To, yeah, and when we get to the bottom, just unattach it, do our paddle, come back, attach it again. And just pay these kids like ten bucks a pop oh! to, to haul it back up with us That's, in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. we could eat our lunch while they're hauling us back up this massive sand dune. <laughs> you imagine the paint job that I'll need on the bottom of that. Oh thing? yeah. <laughs> you don't want to use a new boat. Yeah. <laughs> That'd There's be nasty. probably a bunch of college kids there. You get a couple of cases of beer. They would haul that up for you in a minute <laughs> with us in it. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, that'd be oh, no. See, where were you when I was planning this out? <laughs> uh, from Sleeping Bear Dunes, we are going to head up to Lake Superior, and uh, we're looking at the Iroquois Point Lighthouse on the U.S. side, and we're going to paddle around there for a while. Knock on wood that the Sean Rowley Lake Superior curse is lifted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll find a little bay. We'll find out because if this, if we manage to paddle, it'll be the first time I have ever paddled on Lake Superior. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be the first time I've ever been there. But. Yeah. Uh, and then once we've done that, we we will have paddled in each of the f- of great the five great lakes in yeah. one day under twenty four hours. Actually, it should be about thirteen hours total. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we will head across the border back into Canada. We'll raise a pint at the Northern Superior Brewing Company before heading back home, which is like another seven hour drive. But mm-hmm. that's how we are celebrating National Canoe Day this year. It'll be awesome. So our longest portage is from Erie to here on 441 kilometers. Is that what it is? Um, our shortest one yeah. is from uh, Lake Michigan to Lake Superior is 42 kilometer portage. Um, well, so 299. So, so do we have to say when we're in Michigan, do we have to say uh, uh, portage? Portage? Portage, yeah. <laughs> the minute we cross from Sarnia, the minute we cross the the um we are going to water bridge we'll be bilingual por- uh yeah portaging yeah we'll we'll be speaking american yeah <laughs> so yeah we're here to portage <laughs> any other tips john <laughs> pitter patter well, oh we can't say that no no not pitter patter <laughs> pitter patter let's get at her uh yeah no that's that's gonna be fun I yeah we should be interesting i'm trying to do this um just before 
COVID hit, we came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Callum was was going to come on board, and we we're going to do it. But you know, then Life borders the closed and everything else. And we tried to do it last year, but things were closed again. And we we're going to do it this year. And then, unfortunately, um, Kevin's been slated to teach at Frontenac Outfitters. Yeah. This Saturday, so he can't participate, unfortunately. And who else was supposed to go that bailed on us, John? Yeah. Who was that other person? Yeah, there was this guy named, uh, it, na- it rhymes with Bon. <laughs> bon Ban Baraburber. It rhymes with that. I'm sure, sure, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could do it. Uh, man, I, I would love to do it, but. Well, uh, because we were counting on that international team of explorers, right? But mm. now it's just a Canadian-based exploration team. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you guys want to swing over and pick me up. <laughs> and carry you the whole way. And then <laughs> take me up, yeah, and then bring me back. And, and don't mind if I, you know, get sick in the car a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Well... We can always we can strap you on the rack up top with a canoe. No, we'll just put him in the in the bed of the truck. Oh, there you go. And we'll leave the last panel open. of the tunnel cover open. Yeah. So that way, if he is going to get sick, he, he just, just has to over the side. Throw up over the tailgate. We just have to yeah. throw in the four way flashers so people behind us don't get puke on them. <laughs> oh no, that'd be a surprise. <laughs> It'd be like a defensive driving course. Why is the road so slippery? <laughs> I, I don't know what I hit, but it exploded. <laughs> uh, so that's how we are um, spending our National Canoe Day weekend. Mm-hmm. That's going to yeah, be fun. That, it's going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be challenging. It's, it's almost 2,000 kilometers. A little bit of sleep deprivation going on. You know what? With a breakup between the lakes... Yeah, there's time in the day. Like for now, we're, we're going to see we'll Toronto sleeping. We are going to be in Toronto Harbor in the middle of the night yeah. to get all that city view. Mm-hmm. We're hoping if we're timing it right, we'll be at Port Stanley Beach, the lighthouse for dawn for, for a sunrise. nice sunrise. Yeah. We're going to see the Blue Water Bridge from the water. Mm-hmm. These na- these big sleeping bear dunes, massive sand dunes, Port Iroquois Lighthouse, which is if you look out, uh, was that Whitefish Bay on Superior, mm-hmm. where the Edmund Fitzgerald is? Yeah, yep. And we're going to be going over the Mackinac Bridge. Mm, yeah, right. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we're going through a couple of border, two of our 92 borders with the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they let yeah. us. We gotta, we gotta do, fill out that online thing too. Yes. So they'll let us back into the country. Yeah, let us back into Canada. And then um, we'll be having uh, toasting beers and steak. At we'll have a, a beer and a and a bite to eat to woohoo celebrate, and then head on back home. It's only what seven and a half hour drive back yeah. home, something like that. So you can sleep for a little while, and then, then I'll sleep for a little yeah. while, and then we'll both think, sleep for a little while. And <laughs> I think when you're driving by Sudbury, you need to stop at the Letterkenny Farmhouse, <laughs> take and, a picture, uh, or steal it, their mailbox. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't steal their mailbox. <laughs> Hi, my name is John Van Berger and I'm stealing your mailbox. 
my address is yeah. that'll learn you to bail <laughs> be sick just, on our just, trips just remember when you turn off the recording button here i'm calling u.s customs <laughs> look these are the names you're gonna watch out for they're gonna do five great lakes in a day no it's it's a contraband run. That's right. That's right. Take me to the old back room and get them rubber gloves. God. Is <laughs> my pal Derek. He's got the stuff hiding too. I don't know this man. That's right. You might want to check him two or three times. <laughs> he's he's clever. He hides well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, get Rocky over there with the big fingers. <laughs> uh, this is a family-friendly show. I, I didn't. You asked what I was going to be doing on, you know, on on Sunday actually, and and I know you're doing the Saturday. You're going to be watching the news. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be waving at us from the other side of the border. <laughs> I was thinking on on Friday. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not feeling great, but I was thinking what I could do on Friday just to celebrate for the weekend was, I was thinking about going for a paddle at uh, Point Iroquois Lighthouse, and yeah. then dropping down to Sleeping Bear Dunes, then heading east over towards Sarnia, and uh, <laughs> Port Stanley, and and end up in uh, Cherry Beach in uh, Toronto. You know, what would be cool <laughs> is if we passed each other, got really close, and high fived each other as we drove by. There you go. <laughs> just lean out the driver's window, stick your hand out. <laughs> 200 clover an hour clap. <laughs> hey, get some of those merino wool band-aids. <laughs> That's right. We'll need them. Them. Yeah. How cool would that be? Mm. Well, you know, if you were managing to convince somebody to drive you up oh, there you to go. Port Iroquois, like <laughs> I say, if you let me know by Friday... Yeah, some Letterkenny beer. There will be puppers in my truck with your name oh. on it. Oh, man, I wish I could. And if you don't manage to get somebody... That beer's only that getting beer over. <laughs> will sit in my fridge <laughs> till I get home and I drink it. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. But that actually, is... see, on Friday, I have to run down to Madison to get those glasses in my pizza oven. So, you know... I don't know. Who else lives in Madison? Does Darren Bush not live in Madison? He does. Would he not want to go for a really cool trip up to Port Iroquois? (laughs) (laughs) I say you call him and say, listen, why don't you stop at REI, pick up my pizza oven, go grab my glasses while you're there, bring them to my house, and from there we'll drive up, and there's a beer in it for you. A beer. A beer. (laughs) Given that he doesn't drink, it might not be the biggest enticement. Tell him you'll drink it for him. It's a collectible. <laughs> See, yeah, it's a collectible. He doesn't have to drink it. He just has to put it on he his He just got to wave it in your face. Yeah. <laughs> you will never drink this. <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> now, you also, uh, you should let people know that you are going to be doing Facebook Live recordings with this, correct? Yeah, as we go along, we're going to uh, do the Facebook Live, if we can figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually taking the GoPros with us um, and and, uh, our iPhones, and we're going to do a little bit of the the Facebook Live thingy as we go, especially Mm -hmm. in each each, uh, location, just so people can sort of follow along. And, you know, people are asking why we're doing this. It's just, you know, 
because we're one sandwich short of a family picnic, that's why. <laughs> uh, it's just for fun. We're having a good time doing it and, you know, yep. is what it is. And so, we've been talking about it for a couple of years couple now. A couple years now, yeah. So, yeah, there, there came a point where he's like, you know what, here's the day, whoever can make it. Yeah. We're going to do this. And apparently Derek and I can make it. Yeah. <laughs> we got no life. Because originally it was going to be just you and Kevin. Just me and Kevin, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we it was supposed to be a spur of the moment yeah. thing. And I called him up and said, hey, here's my idea. And he's like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. And then COVID closed the borders. Yeah. And so we were actually going to do, at one point we were going to um, do four of the five. And take a picture and of the border. Have, <laughs> well, we were going to go to the take a picture of the border, but we were going to. We also had uh, discussed with John mm-hmm. because there is a spot uh, just before St. Marie, St. Clair River, the St. Right. Clair River, where it's only what did we say it was like a hundred meters apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we could it's yell close. at him, and he could yell back, but. The border actually runs through the middle. Of the river. So John could get in his boat and get almost to the middle. We could mm-hmm. get in our canoe and get almost to the middle. And that wouldn't draw any attention at all of the border services. There would be <laughs> no worry. What are those guys doing out there? You think there's something weird going on out there? <laughs> no, it's a Paddling Adventures radio um, team international event. team event. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that one didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> but then the borders open, so we figured, hey, let's let's get this back let's on. Let's get go. this back on. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Kevin had to cancel out of it, and I know he's going to be disappointed that he can't show up. So we're just going to tease him about it forever. Yep. Uh, John, unfortunately, his uh, health has not been helping him the last month, so uh, he's had to uh, bail on us. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, too bad. That would have been fun. It would have been. Well, yeah. It will be fun. Oh, yeah, it will be it fun, will Joe. Be what are you fun. talking about? Would have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just remember me when you hit customs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Derek's taking one for the team. <laughs> Hang on, we're going to Facebook Live this. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny to get a, get a, a really good-natured border guard yeah. and just have do a Facebook Live. Yeah, we're at the Canadian border. Uh, hey, Derek. <laughs> Rubber loving it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you don't even joke with those guys. No, no, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, on to other things here. Talking about the Rocky Mountains, like I was earlier, taking one down, bringing it across and throwing it in the yep. old and superior white museum. Uh, what is it? White Museum of the Canadian Rockies in Banff. Between now and October, if you're in that area or feel like driving to that area, check out their new exhibit entitled Canoe. Um, Canoe is a stunning private collection. It celebrates the canoe in art spanning 200 years. The canoe is our enduring connection to Canada's remarkable geography it has captured our imagination and allowed us to explore remote areas of the country with intimacy and wonder. The McCreath collection has been carefully built over two decades and is comprised of paintings and three-dimensional pieces, including a 14-foot canoe made of one continuous piece of birch bark wow. in 2007. Like, I don't even know where you find that anymore. That's a big tree. I have yet to see a tree 
that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the earliest work in the collection is a very uh, is a 1820 watercolor by John Halkett. It includes, uh, and it concludes with a meditative 2018 acrylic on canvas painting by David Tholberger from 1948. Mm-hmm. I, they do show, uh, you can see a few of the, the pictures there that they, and, and art pieces that they have. Uh, some of it, some of the pictures, the paintings that are pretty stunning. Yeah. Collection includes artist explorers of the 19th century through works by a number of founding members of the Royal Canadian Academy of the Arts in eight, of 1880, who were also contracted by Sir William Van Horn to depict the construction of the Canadian Pacific Railway and expansion of Western Canada. The 20th century works are by creative, well-established artists from across Canada who are also celebrated as art educators, designers, and printmakers. The collection encompasses works from all provinces and territories except the Yukon, and spans all three Canadian coasts. I wonder why not the Yukon. Yeah. I'm yeah, curious. What the hell? That's weird. What the hell? Eh? Yeah, we don't yeah. like them. I don't know. Maybe there's just too much going on in the Yukon River. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think an exhibition, uh, an exhibit of this scale focusing on canoe art has ever been done. There's been groups, there's shows of the groups of seven Cornelius Craighoff and Tom Thompson, and they all had occasional canoes in a painting. Rod Green, a board member with the White Museum, says. In this case, it's about 50 artists showcasing roughly 90 works and all illustrating the canoe in some form of exploration, fur trade, or recreational paddlers today. There's work in the collection from all three coasts, except the Yukon. Hmm. Hmm. And And they keep pointing that out. Yeah. Like it's a point of... Odd. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to participate with you people. <laughs> uh, if you want more information to see what's what it's all about, go to white.org. W-H-Y-T-E dot org. That's the website for the uh, White Museum of the Canadian Rockies. I, like I say, I looked at some of the stuff there and it looks pretty cool. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing it, but unfortunately it's a tad far away. Yeah, we actually know a few people of our closer group that uh, are out that way. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Stinson and his family moved out oh, there yeah. right. last yeah. year. So he's uh, he's within a few hours drive of this. And uh, Brooke Gatro at Gatro, yeah, is, they're uh, just heading out. They're there. actually on their they're way. They're in out now. the mountains right now. They're just they just yeah. arrived. Yeah. So yeah. So they're going to be living in the Calgary area. So they're an hour drive from this uh, yeah. this the museum uh, this display right. So we'll have to. Yeah, I know they were heading them. into the uh, into the Rockies today, so they mm-hmm. may be in Banff. Yeah, there like, we go. She's like the closest one right now. When, when does this open? Is now. it open now? Yeah, it opened last weekend. We'll have to message her. Yeah, on Facebook. Dun, dun. Um, paddling to work. Oh yes, yes. There's a man. I guess Wales, uh, the country of Wales, had a rail strike. So a man has beaten the rail strike by paddling to work in a shirt and tie. He says, I would encourage everyone to find different means of commuting to work and ditch the public transport and cars, George Bullard says. He bought himself a Cocopelli pack raft and says it has saved him thousands of pounds. <laughs> That's awesome. Small yellow and black craft is blow up. I can just deflate it and put it in my backpack. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bullard runs a outdoor company. 
uh, called City Camping, paddles down the River Lug each morning to his office in Wales. It is nice not to have to worry about being stuck in traffic, and if I was in a car, it would cost me a fortune. Oh, really? That's pretty unique. That's a new way to commute. He describes it as an exceptional way to get to work, but admits it's a stretch to say I blend in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Bullard, who is also an adventurer and has kayaked across the North Atlantic Ocean from Greenland to Scotland, said he would encourage everyone to find different means of commuting to work and ditch the public transport and cars. I paddle in and back like any normal commuter. <laughs> it's he not might normal. That's ah, not normal. <laughs> I'm thinking he's he's on the river in a pack raft. He's got to come down in the mornings and then paddle back up at night. But it's, I think it's more of a canal than a river. It's got to be. It's got to be a good, nice, flat, not much of yeah. a current, right? Yeah. I don't know. He said it. He said it was dangerous. It's a dangerous river. Yeah. Well, it says occasionally the weather isn't great, but I guess that's part and parcel of being an adventurer. Sometimes getting to work and getting wet can be empowering. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Whether it be walking, cycling, roller skating, or scootering, it is good for your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Kayaking to work is not for everyone, however, and he warns against novices giving it a go. It does take a lot of experience to be able to do this. The river is exceptionally dangerous and shouldn't be entered without a qualified instructor. So how does he get back up? Does he, like, walk home? He must. Well, you know what? Here's the thing with that. You're probably right, Derek. It probably is a canal. He just doesn't want gridlock on the river, like on the roadways. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't want word to spread. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, This is dangerous. Don't try it. But, yeah, if, if it's dangerous... Huh. He's got to be walking home then. What's the name? Or maybe of the he town? catches uh, the river Lug L U G G. I gotta look this up. I gotta think <laughs> that, or maybe he catches a ride home with somebody. That's cheating, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I kayak. Well, he says I kayak to work every day. Well, it's, you're actually There's- pack rafting. Number there- one. There is a picture on on Wikipedia of the River Lug, and it it it, it looks, you know, flat, flat. <laughs> I was trying to think of the right word for it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so then yeah, he can paddle home then, because he doesn't actually say he paddles home. He says he paddles to, to work. work. So he's only saving mm-hmm. a half a week. This this is going to take some more time too. He's he's paddling to work, and then uh, copping a ride home. <laughs> well, you go my way. Why don't you just you know drop me off or around the corner or something? And on your way, I'll just get out and walk the rest of the way. There so, is uh, <laughs> maybe what he's talking about with being exceptionally dangerous is as I was scrolling down the uh, Wikipedia entry, the chemical status uh, of the river lug failed. Across the board. <laughs> oh, that's like the dangerous they part. One, two, three, four, five. So probably ten, fifteen, almost twenty different sections, uh, and the chemical status failed on each one of them. So maybe that's why it's dangerous. Ooh. 
Maybe like that, yeah. you know, fish on the Simpsons with the third eye. Yeah, Blinky. <laughs> Blinky the fish. <laughs> wow. All right, well, still, good on you. I know if I could paddle to work, but work's not anywhere near water. Derek could paddle to work, almost. Well, I guess I'd have to run down Bowville Creek. Which no, is you'd have to portage down. <laughs> you can do it. You can pull down it. Yeah, just stay away from the hot water vents or warm water vents or whatever their what? outputs at work. <laughs> oh, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, that, that's dispersed a long ways. It's. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. No, so it's not dangerous then. No, no, no. And and it, people like fishing there because uh, big fish carp. are attracted to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All righty, three eyed fish. Uh, <laughs> three eyed fish, blinky. Uh, last thing I got here, Kananaskis. Well, we're back out west in the Rockies again. Yes. Alberta's kayak and surf community is raising money to build a world-class wave on the lower Kananaskis River. Now, the first thing you think about is, don't they, like, aren't they trying to stop stuff like this? <laughs> stop building dams and stop building stuff. Uh, environmental friendly, blah, 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 blah. The Alberta River Surfing Association and Alberta Whitewater Association want to build the perfect surf and kayak wave. Groups have raised 220000 so far, and they are a little more than 40000 short of the total expected cost of the adjustable wave project. Neil Exgard says, We've looked at the revenue and economic impact of international whitewater competitions, and it's a few hundred thousand dollars for every event based on events that we've seen in Canada. So we'd be expecting to have an event a year for kayaking and one uh, one year and then surfing the next year. So we're looking at a few hundred thousand dollars of new revenue coming into the area just from just one event a year. That's that's pretty so good. So money wise, that's pretty good. It's gonna pay good. for itself, yeah. Yeah, easy. The flow of the lower Kananaskis River at Canoe Meadows is controlled by a hydro dam, and that makes it the perfect area to engineer an adjustable wave feature made out of steel. Mike Holroyd is the executive director of the um, AWA, Alberta Whitewater Association, who first started kayaking on the river in 93 and knows its potential. He says the waves in the area today are man-made, created by placing a series of boulders on the riverbed. The um, Madawaska Ma- Canoe Center. Madawaska Canoe Center. Do they? Is their area not controlled the same way? It is. So, with the Madawaska Canoe Center, they I think it was in the seventies or eighties. They made a deal with the local hydro project. So it's not a it's not a hydroelectric dam. It's a headwaters dam. Mm-hmm. So it's a retention pond. And uh, so what they've arranged is that I think it's between nine and three or nine and four. They release water, so they don't release it overnight. Build up during the day, so this water release is on schedule. And and the few courses I've been on, it's uh, you walk down in the evening after summer, and it looks totally different than it did during the day. So within the yeah. day, you see all the gates for the kayaks and canoes. In the evening, it's just a trickle of a little like a burbling brook. All the water's turned off. Right, and so it's they they've made the same deal, and so I assume this is the same deal they're doing on the Kananaskis River. Is um, they're going to do a time of day release, and it's going to be somewhat. Uh, they, I'm sure they're going to have to have some sort of agreement to uh, 
make it uh, viable for this uh, for this project. Yeah, but this is a hydro dam, though. So, so it is a hydro dam, but they have different. Uh, they do they do have releases, okay. so they have controlled releases. So it's it's one thing that, like for example, at uh, at any OPG dam, uh, they advertise that uh, you you shouldn't be at the at the release site of a dam because you can't predict when they're going to open. Because it's like usually a less than a five minute warning. They sound the horns. Yeah, they got those commercials. Yeah, yeah, there's lots the of commercials. Commercials for that. Now. Too many people have drowned at the base of a dam, right? Yeah. So it's it's somewhat controllable. It's uh, depending on time of day use and stuff. Is usually the uh, peak times to use power would be like you know at breakfast time and at supper time, right? When most people have ovens and going and yep. and whatever. So so it's uh, it's that, that it it seems like it's uh, be be able to oh, schedule it's the same it. way. Yeah. Yeah. Like MKC does. Yeah. Uh, biggest thing about the new wave is that it's going to be perfect 12 meters wide. Really wide. So in terms of the sport and in terms of the feeling of flow that you get on the feature, the wider and more consistent the feature you have, the higher quality maneuvers, the higher quality the athletics. So, yeah, they're looking at money. They're looking at athletics. They're looking at bringing all these athletes in to, per, to you know, it's going to be a, a big event at some point. Holroyd hopes the funds are raised soon so the engineering plans can be completed for the new wave and construction and installation taking place no later than 2024. The goal is to build this wave that we can adjust so regardless of the water levels, we would be able to switch back and forth between canoe and kayak and surf and be able to use it any time. The Canadian Whitewater Championships are being hosted this year, the first week of August, on the existing waves of the Lower Kananaskis River. If this wave was in place already, we would be the place where we would have to do the freestyle events. With the quality of this wave, we would be able to hold the World Championships in the future. So that's what we're aiming for. That's beauty. So if you get a World Championship, that money is just rolling into the Mm -hmm. area, right? And a world-class facility at Kananaskis Country, uh, or in Kananaskis Country, could uh, attract more people to whitewater sports and keep those already interested here rather than traveling outside Alberta. There's around 30,000 surfers in Alberta who would travel for surfing. They would do wake surfing and they would do river surfing. 30,000 people. Yeah. Doing the whitewater. Mm Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. My my only th- question, like I say, all the articles I read about this, everything is about getting people, getting people, and bringing in money. Yeah. Nothing, and I don't even know because, and we discussed it before, uh, I, I don't know all the ramifications environmentally because they've already are using this with man-made Correct. stuff, and there's a hydro dam up there. Is there any other environmental impacts something like this big man-made thing would When it comes cause? to any project like this, like uh, just being familiar with how OPG does things, uh, Ontario Power Generation, if, if for two things for this project, they are not to be this far into planning and, uh, and raising money to build this, they wouldn't be doing that unless they've already had some sort of agreement with uh, the hydro project on that water. And the second point is uh, like they... To do anything where you manipulate the a riverbed, you're not going to be able to do any of that without a environmental study. 
That's what and I so figure. To get to this point, they've already done a study, and because it's not a, it's the the outflow of the dam is not necessarily a natural spot anymore, and so the the dam itself just through its own nature is going to change the way that an environmental study would be looked at, right? So the, the damage is done, hydroelectric project is there, they turn it off and on depending on de- de- demand and so on and, you know, the water height and water levels and season and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? So it's um, it sounds like they, to be as far into it as they are, they've already had environmental study done and they've already made some sort of agreement with the hydroelectric project. You would think. You would think. You, you're yeah. not going to put this much money, time, and effort if they go, oh, never mind. They said they're not going to release water for us. Right? You know what I mean? Better to act to f- ask. What is it? Better to ask, <laughs> ask for, for forgiveness, forgiveness <laughs> than permission? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. We got to. <laughs> Our bad. We got this thing going on tomorrow. Can you release up some water for us, please? Don't. <laughs> 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 Um, and that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be fun. So I c- think so. coming into this, uh, it's going to be a long drive. It's going to be long hours. It's going to be a lot of nighttime hours. Ah, pish posh. <laughs> Maybe I'll download some <laughs> podcasts. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I've only listened to about, I think I've only listened to about three or four of them in, in its entirety. So there's what three hundred and thirty-two. Three hundred thirty-two. That's three hundred thirty-two hours of listing potentially. Well, oh, you know some what? of them are more. Some of them are more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to yeah. drive slow so we can get them all. We're going to drive real <laughs> slow. <laughs> awesome. You got anything else? I have nothing. No. John, anything else? I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm going to miss you on this trip, John. It would have been nice to get back together again and uh, lots of long chats and the long ride. Was so uh, it's unfortunate that uh, you could make it. Yeah, I know. Ah, we'll yeah. hoist one for you anyway. There you go. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, if you guys should happen to show up at the bar and I'm already sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're at the bar sitting there and you haven't told us, then when I get home, I am drinking those the puppers. puppers. <laughs> If, if if you surprise us with a yeah. meetup and I don't have the puppers with me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with my uh, pizza oven and uh, we'll, we'll try it that <laughs> first go. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go find a campground somewhere and, and cook up some uh, pizza. Pizza and puppers. Yeah, yeah. well, it's the weekend. You're not going to find a campground in Michigan that, that hasn't been booked for four months already. <laughs> We're going to be boondocking at Walmart. There you go. <laughs> 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 they, they allow open flame in Walmart parking lot, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's know, better to ask for forgiveness <laughs> than ask permission. <laughs> Beg forgiveness than ask permission. <laughs> I bought a new tent so we can, you know, I'll set that up in the in the brewery parking lot. And yeah, there you go. And out there, and yeah. Well, the the Northern Superior Brewery. Yeah. The other side of that building. Is the uh, Canadian Bush Plain Museum? Oh, oh, cool! Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Just got a more no. interesting. Oh, See? I think I do. I've you been talked there. about this. Yeah. You told me about this before. Yeah, I've been yeah. to that museum. It's a good museum. Yeah. Hmm. Aha. Well, alrighty then. Well, thanks for coming <laughs> on, John. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> 
Good talking to you guys. Yeah, ho- hopefully uh, things take a turn and you're actually able to get out uh, back out on the water a lot sooner than you'd hope to be, even yeah, if it's just thanks. something local. I'm, I'm, yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, until Jan, we say hello. Will do. And we still pity her. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to our episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and uh, download them or stream them right from there, all 332 episodes. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your family and friends and fellow paddlers. I want to thank John for coming on this week. I want to thank all you people for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. Mm